Okay, let's just talk. Let's talk about this, this damn game. Because you have interesting mechanics here, and I want to talk about these interesting mechanics. We definitely have at least two hours of material to say about F-Zero, right? No, no, I don't have a lot to say about this game. You can talk for two hours. I'll be leaving. Welcome to Game Life Balance US, a lifestyle podcast about how to be a grown-up gamer and still go to work and get sleep. With your hosts, Cody Goff, Hello, hell and Jonathan Martin. You're going to be my meat in my Jonathan sandwich. Check out our website at gamelifebalance.us, where you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, YouTube, and more. Hi, I'm Zuby from Magic with Zuby, a proud member of the Gunna Geek Network. Just like the show you're listening to now, the opinions expressed are those of each individual host. Check out all other podcasts at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in three... That's weird. I feel like I'm more prepared for this episode than most other ones, but neither of us like racing games. Or it kind of sounds like from our pre-show talk a little bit, this game. Well, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. So... Anyway, John and I are in the midst of, we're about halfway done reviewing every video game on the SNES Classic Mini. This week, you have the pleasure or displeasure of hearing us talk about F-Zero. I tell you what, this, I, so when, when this game originally came up, I was kind of excited. Really? Because it, well, it had been a long time since I'd played it, and it was a Nintendo-made game. And generally, Nintendo-made and published games throughout the course of the NES, SNES, Basically, all of Nintendo's, all of Nintendo's lifespan are great, right? Yeah. So I figured if there was going to be any game that would like turn me into a racing fan, it would be F Zero. Got it. Okay. Okay. So because I'm generally not a racing sure, fan, sure, sure. F Zero did not turn me into a racing fan. Really? Yeah. All right. Well, for some background. F-Zero is a futuristic racing game, this from Wikipedia, developed by Nintendo, published for the Super Nintendo, was released in Japan in 1990, North America in 1991, and Europe in 1992, but no one's watching from Europe. So it's a futuristic racing game. That's really all you need to know. It takes place in the year 2560, but that doesn't matter because nothing matters because there's really very little to this game. I'm reminded of, you know, for the Nintendo Entertainment System, old pro wrestling games that weren't licensed games the just generic. yeah where it was like generic muscle guy and he's gonna like punch three times and then you're gonna fall over and maybe i'll try pinning you right and it's just like yeah this reminded me of those because you turn on the game and there's certain arcade games that do this too you turn on the game and you see three characters and you select one yeah there's like no ui or anything there's no there's there's nothing. There's not even like a, a splash background screen. Yeah, and it's just black. Anything. It's like here's four like car things, and then you pick one, and then it gives you a couple stats. It's like top speed, top energy, whatever that means. And then you, it's got a name, and then you just pick it, and then yeah, and you don't really know what you're looking at. You're just kind of looking at because they they don't even. I mean, they definitely don't look like cars, right? They look like. I don't know, hovercrafts maybe, I guess, is is the best. They look like what future cars looked like in the 80s. <laughs> they look like what the 80, what 80s people thought that cars were going to look like in the future. That's an incredible way of putting it. Incredible. 
Uh, yeah, and you just kind of get in there, and it says, do you want the Jack, Queen, or King cup? Right? Yeah, and, and so, and here's the other thing. Okay, did you play this game as a kid? No, I have never. I had never played this game before in my life. Okay, so I played this game as a kid, and it's been, who knows, 24? five years maybe since I've since I've played it right so I completely misremembered everything about this game (laughs) I thought there were menus I thought there was like a class cup I don't know maybe I was just thinking Mario Kart you thinking super f or like the f-zero gx or whatever for the who knows what I was thinking point is is I wasn't thinking of this game when I was thinking those things so I was kind of like oh I can just I can pick anything Right? And there's, like, nothing to unlock. There's nothing to... Well, it's just... There is something to unlock. You can unlock a... Well, so you... There's there's 15 courses total. There's five in right. the jack, five the queen, five the king. And that is all the tracks. But when you pick, you can pick beginner, intermediate, or expert difficulty. Right. And you can unlock a master class, which is harder than expert. Uh, yeah, I don't know who would want that. Okay, so I I didn't unlock... Uh, spoiler alert, I didn't unlock the master class. I I'm know, shocked. Shocking. Anyway, so we, we're kind of all over... We've started a little all over the place, but basically the game doesn't present itself in a way that makes you want to play it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, what I want... And, and this is Game Life Balance US, so... On a lot of our recent episodes, most of our recent episodes, we've just talked about a game for an hour. But, like, honestly, there's no way we're going to have that much to say about the game. So we'll get into it a bit, and then we'll actually give an update on our lives, which will be kind of nice for a change. Because I don't know what you do anymore. I don't even know anything about you. Like, basically. Yeah, I feel the same way about you. It's like we can't even finish each other's sandwiches anymore. Sentences anymore. anymore. So, yeah. uh, So, also, fun little side note. We said at the beginning of this whole SNES classic endeavor that the goal was to reach the end credits of each game. We're going to see credits. We need to see credits in the game. Turns out, guess what's not in F-Zero? There are no credits. You just get bumped straight back to the main screen. There's literally no credits. Right. I don't know. It's There's nothing in this game. <laughs> No, it's bizarre. It's it's, it's a it's a bizarre. It's a game. very empty game. It's like a tech demo. It's like you know how you hear about playtesters who their job is to test a 3D game when it's just polygons before anyone has done the art for the games. Yeah, and so you you have to use your imagination. Yeah, or or you just because I've heard a lot of playtesters actually hate their jobs because that that's literally their job is running around these empty yeah. environments. That's kind of like what this feels like. It feels like they finished the core of a game, they like got the mechanics working, and then rather than give it any personality or flavor or content, they just kind of it's just kind of there. Yeah, they're the color like the colors in the game are generally very muted and very there aren't many yeah right so like like backgrounds aren't terribly interesting courses are uninteresting in terms of the way that they look um there are some i would say there are some interesting courses in the way that they're structured but not in the way that they look yeah, I would agree with that. Also, Max in the chat pointing out, how do we know the credits aren't at the end of Master Difficulty? 
That's probably what it is. They're probably at the end of Master Difficulty. You and I would have never seen We them. are not going to do that. And you're a troll. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, I, I, do, I do think there are a few interesting mechanics. So there are, there are, are these magnet... So first of all, the bumpers, basically the end of the edges of each, of each course. I mean, you're on a track... And you can't, but you're and you're like above the track though by by a little bit, and you kind of drift back and forth as you're playing the game. Yeah, um, it's you're you, it does it does you don't feel and they they at least got this right. If these are supposed to be future cars, you do not feel like you are driving a car at all. Right. So, but, but you can't drift off the track like you can in most racing games, including Mario Kart, which is going to be a common reference point. For both of us, because it's the only racing game either of us really have ever. We don't play racing played, games, yeah. right? Well, when I got my Xbox for the first time, it came with Project Project Gotham Racing, and I tried it a few times, and just like after the third course, I literally couldn't not get last. I just didn't sure. understand how it worked, so I just that's pretty much as far as I've gotten. But you can't go off the track; it's all there's bumpers. But when you're touching the edges of the track, you take damage. Because you, and you have a health bar. You have a health bar. And then if the health bar runs out, you literally explode. You just explode yep. and die. And I guess in the lore of the game... So they actually do expand on some concepts of who the racers are and what the storyline is in the Nintendo 64 sequel to this game. But, but, but this game has... There's nothing. And there's no instruction manual with the SNES Classic. So like, there's nothing to even refer to. But um, so so there is that you can you can bump on the edge of the track and that then you take damage. The other kind of interesting mechanic to me is they have these magnet strips that run around the, along the left or right side of the track, and you can strafe, which I think is interesting. If you press L or R, right, your car continues moving straight, but it just slides over to the left or right. And if you do that during a turn, it just gives you a much sharper turn. Yeah, and I do think that's interesting. I've never seen strafing in a racing game, sure. like GoldenEye style. Yeah, they were trying for something. So they did that, and then when you run into these magnet strips, there'll be one on the right side of the track, let's say. It pulls you towards the right side of the track and tries to slam you into the right wall. So you have to hold L, the L bumper button, to force your car to, to strafe left, essentially, while it's pulling you to the right. And usually they'll pair these magnets so there's a strip on the right and then a strip on the left and then a strip on the right. So you have to alternate which bumper you're pressing while to, to try and stay in the middle of the track and not take damage. That's like a kind of that's that's an interesting thing, right? Yeah, it, it feels okay. And it it works all I agree. right, generally. Yeah. Um and, and then yeah. there's like a windy stage, quote unquote, that kind of pushes your car to one side consistently through the stage, so you you end up strafing a lot more. So they they did a couple things, I guess. And they have like a they basically have instead of a pit stop like you would get in like a traditional racing game, at the start of every every lap they've got like a and in other parts of the race a lot of the time too, they've got like a big health bar strip. Mm-hmm. So if you run your car over that, it actually restores your health. So I guess they've got that in there too. I don't know. It's a pit. It's a pit stop. That's not a pit stop, right? It's a pit stop that you don't have to stop for. Yeah, I mean, they, they, God, your description at the beginning just sums up the entire game. It's what people thought the future of driving would look like in the eighties. Yeah, it is the fifth element. It is Minority Report. 
It is every generic movie you've seen with 85 lanes of traffic just flying around each other, but you have a track that's above a city, usually, or a desert or whatever the, the scape is. So the this is hard to review because we don't do racing games, but we do know that a fundamental of racing games, particularly Mario Kart, is a rubber band yeah, let's talk about things we don't like for a minute here. Okay, so let's talk about the rubber banding. Explain the rubber band concept. Okay, so the rubber band concept is the concept that in order to make the game fun, fun is air quotes here, in order to make the game fun, it would be boring if you perfectly played a race and it was tuned around a certain difficulty and you got to the end and you beat the next guy behind you by like 45 seconds. That would be boring, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Boring. So... Here's how we'll fix that problem. Anytime that you are ahead of somebody, we're going to make them speed up just enough so that they're kind of like right behind you. So so if you even if you continue to play flawlessly, we're going to make that car kind of sit right behind you a certain amount. And generally, when you increase the difficulty of racing games um, from this era, again, we only have Mario Kart to kind of use as a as a as a source but when you increase the difficulty they put that that rubber band the idea of a rubber band being stretched something is stretched far behind you and then it speeds up really fast when you let go of the rubber band right as you increase the difficulty that rubber band is going to keep that car closer and closer behind you so that if you do make a mistake that car is going to overtake you right away that's that's kind of the idea of rubber band sounds right the rubber banding in this game is outrageous it is outrageous in the sense that you can play the race com- flawlessly and you can just just touch a wall at the end of one of the races. Even at the easiest difficulty, you can just like bump into a wall near the end and lose your place. Yeah. Instantly. So it was so... I can't tell you the number of times it was so frustrating getting to the ends of some of these races and having that happen. Yeah, it yeah, not fun, not well tuned, right. just not good. Basically, I, I, no. I wrote down anytime you hit anything, the rubber band expletive snaps. It just completely snaps, yeah. and um, so that's bad. But then there's that's yeah. Go well, ahead. as you continue to pl- first of all, there's five laps per course, which is too many. It's too long. Those races are too long. It's not that the Agreed. races are even too long. It's that the courses are short, and I don't want to do five laps. Right. So the scoring system, first of all, you don't even need to win races to beat this game, ever. It's it's weird. The first lap, you have to finish in the top 15 or so. In the second lap, it'll reduce. You have to be in the top 10 or something. Third lap will right. be top eight, whatever. I think it ends at like top five for the last, or top three. Usually top three for the last lap. So you're in the top three places. Great. I don't know what happens to these other racers, but here's what, I don't know if they disappear or if they turn into these drone things, but here's what, what appears. (laughs) The neutral cars that are just all over the track. Neutral cars that are not any color. They're just all generic orange. They just appear on the track and they are the worst thing that I've ever seen in a racing game. They just appear. Imagine this. You're driving. You're running a perfect race. And in the middle of the track, there is a car that you cannot get around unless you strafe perfectly. That, and that is driving like you are playing bumper cars. If you touch it, the physics don't matter. There are no physics. If you touch it, you might fly forward. You might fly backward. 
You might fly to the left or right, and it does not matter at what trajectory or or speed you hit any of these cars. You just fly off in a random direction. Oh, and some of them explode. Some of them literally are flashing, and if you touch them, they explode. Um, it would be, and they take up so much space. It would be like if you played a hockey game and there were six zambonis on the ice just driving around, and you're trying to play a professional hockey game. Um, and it would certainly be fun to watch. Max says in the chat there are probably physics. You have not played this game. There are no physics. <laughs> no, no logical physics. It's it's it's. It would be good if it were like bumper cars because bumper cars, you have control and you know what direction you're going to go. This is more like a really bad pinball game where... Yeah, and the cars swerve. They swerve all over the road very obviously intentionally, right? To get in your way. I mean, they are meant to get in your way. Yeah. But they were they were unnecessary with the way that this game plays. Yeah, they just the difficulty is just very poorly tuned and this is this is even in comparison with mario kart which is notorious for just like screwing you over right like oh there's yeah, a the rubber shell. banding in mario kart is terrible too look they got a lightning bolt when i'm on like the last lap and i got run over and now i'm fourth place like that stuff happens in mario kart for right, sure then you get run over and then somebody bumped into you you fell off lakitu or lakitu had to fish you out and then you got yep. hit by a shell like i mean just insane stuff happens there's very funny youtube videos about that well, that's too bright. Sorry, I just adjusted my lighting here. That's that's too. But much. that game is fun to play. Yeah. Right. How much of this game did you play? I played all the all the tracks. All right. I also played all the tracks, and I I did find myself having some moments. Right. There were moments. Yeah. Some form of fun that. But then some garbage thing would happen on some track. Or let me talk about the thing that bugged me the most about the way some of these tracks were created. Let's talk about 90 degree to 90 degree turns. Yeah. How do you do those? The, the You don't, right? You just run <laughs> straight into the damn wall. That's how you handle those turns. Don't understand how they are created that way. I mean, we're talking literally like a 90 degree turn into an immediate 90 degree turn the other direction. So you're basically going the exact opposite direction the way you came from. Mm-hmm. And there's no way to, do, even with even with like slowing down and using the strafe buttons when you're doing that turn, there's no way to do it without bumping, bouncing off the wall. And if you don't do that at the right angle or whatever, you lose a ton of progress and lose a ton of time ahead of you. And they're all over this game. All over. It's in every track, pretty much. Pretty much every track, yeah. Also, there are only, we say there's 15 tracks, which there are, but there are only probably six settings like the one of the, the first track is literally called mute city one and then the, yeah, key, the queen cup city. starts with mute city two and there's a mute city right. three so okay and they do the same with white city which is or white town to be fair didn't mario kart did that too so like that, super mario kart did yeah there's precedent for that there was there was like there were three uh ghost house themed levels right uh, in the original Mario Kart. I so did like, not play much of the original Mario Kart. We'll get we'll get to it, right? It's on this it's on it this is. and I think we'll probably feel a little differently about that I would imagine when we play it. But yeah, I mean th- that that I think is a little more excusable probably due to the, due to just a limitation of the system. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and development time is very early release on the Super Nintendo. Yeah. So 
there's that. Max in the chat pointing out Bowser Castle 10, Ghost House 11. That I get, but I feel like when you're talking across games, that doesn't count. But to your point, I think you're right. I think I do think there are a couple repeats in the first one. I mean, yeah, there's a Rainbow Road in every game, but they're radically yeah. different. And I remember hearing about F-Zero that it, it was kind of one of... Because it was an early game in the SNES lifespan. I kind of remember hearing that it was really supposed to be kind of a showcase for the whole Mode 7 thing. Um, and that it wasn't cons- it wasn't considered like... It was never supposed to be considered like the best game. It was supposed to kind of blow your mind with the way that it looked. So, yeah. because it's got because it's got like a it's got a kind of a fake 3D feel. Okay, right. It's got the feel that Star Fox has only only using pixels, right? Whereas Star Fox tried to use polygons. Yeah, and I get that. You know, the Super Nintendo. It's super guys. Yeah, I get well, and it. And it was a new thing. It was a new thing to to the Super Nintendo. It was something Nintendo couldn't do. Well, I need to clarify something real fast. Max is in the chat in all caps. There were three ghost houses. And Bowser Castles in the one game. Okay, I get it. I apologize for not knowing my Mario Kart track. I didn't grow up with Mario Kart. I only played Super Mario Kart a couple times. I was a Mario Kart 64 guy. Um, anyway, yes, you were right. Showing off all that stuff and all that is really good and, and, and well and great. Fantastic. It was kind of a launch title, more or less. Um, that said, do, does anyone have nostalgia for this game? I mean, there probably is, but if they do it, it's not me. I definitely didn't have nostalgia for this game. Um, I remember playing it when I was younger. I'm assuming I didn't like it then, and I I don't particularly like it now. Can a person have nostalgia for a bad game? I would... I, I'm sure you could. Are there I'm any sure games you that you like that are bad, not fun games? Twisted Tales of Spike McFang. That, you just made that up. I didn't. It was a Super Nintendo game. You played as a cute Dracula-like thing, and there were little garlic... Look, it was a game. I didn't just make it up. And it was a bad game, because I remember going trying to go back to it like 10 years ago and playing it and saying to myself, I have no idea how I played this game, because this is simply a bad game. Uh, but I liked it. I liked it a lot. And I still think I should go back and play that again, because I, I think I would like it. Max in the chat just said, oh, dear God, I remember hunting for a ROM of that for him when I was like 14. Way to go, John. And which is which is awesome, because actually I did make up the game and just sent Max on a complete wild goose chase back when we were 14. <laughs> That's good. 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 Uh, just 20 or so years later, uh, finding out about that. <laughs> but no, <laughs> that game the- was definitely that game was definitely bad. And I definitely have nostalgia for it and would would definitely try playing it again. All right, well, I don't know who would have nostalgia for this. Uh Look, if you have an SNES classic, I don't know why this game is on it. The Sega Genesis X-Men. I have nostalgia for that game. That game is horrendous. It is awful. And I have nostalgia for it. Oh, my God. There are, I probably have nostalgia for a lot of bad games, actually. That's too bad. Sewer Shark for Sega CD. Sewer Shark. The game the Sega CD came with. That game is terrible. Okay. It's terrible i think what i mean is i love you it. play can you be nostalgic enough to want to play a really bad game i would 100 percent play any of those games i just said i would hate it but i would play all of them okay well there you go listener oh god that sega x-men game honestly i don't really know why this game exists 
I, I couldn't even think of some existential question for us to ask about it. So I, I literally just titled this episode, What is F-Zero and Why Does It Exist? Uh, I don't really know. It's fine. Um, maybe give it a quick look. Play through the, King, or the Jack Cup on easy mode if you're yeah. curious. Um, or maybe just skip to the Queen Cup because there's there are a couple interesting mechanics but there and you know what there's some good music is there yeah I think so I think there's some decent tracks okay I honestly had it so, on mute for a lot of it because oh this is the other thing the sound design because when you 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 always hear engines in racing games but in this game it's this like it's, like nonstop, and I'm playing in the awful. living room. It's really awful. Next to Casey, and I'm like, she is going to kick me out of my own apartment if I yeah. leave this volume up. So I didn't even hear almost any of the music. So good to hear. There is a really, there is a really satisfying uh, kind of like sound whenever you accelerate though from a stop. That's that's kind of satisfying from like the burners going. Yeah. So like I like I like that. I like that. Nintendo's always been pretty good with sound design. I think the game really exists for Mode Seven. I think it. I think it exists to be like, hey, look at what this new system can do. Yeah. And Max pointing games. Di- Max point- games didn't look like this. before. They didn't. They, they didn't do. at all. Max also pointing out in the chat. I love that Sega X Men game. Wolverine lost his mutant power for having his claws out. He did, but only if he did damage to something. It was a stupid game. It was so bad. There was a part in that stupid game where you got to a computer and you had to, like, hack the computer. And you had to hit the reset button on the Sega Genesis, but not push it down all the way. Because it was it was touch sensitive. You had to lightly graze it with your finger. And it would reset the game. And when you started the game back up again, you would be beyond the that part. Because you would have hacked the computer. That's kind of cool. Kind of cool if you have any idea that that's what you're supposed to do. There is literally nothing in the game that tells you that you need to reset the That is a bad game, and I owned it, and I played a lot. I played it a lot. The Metal Gear Solid games have all done things like that, and they were cool. So that's all I have to say about that. Sure. Anyway. That's all we have to say about F-Zero. Do you, I don't think there's... Do you recommend F-Zero? I think... I think, um, I mean, I, so as far as recommend, I don't think you should spend more than five minutes with this game. But I think you should spend five minutes with this game and and get a, it was probably the f- first, it was the first racing game that certainly Nintendo ever made for the, for the Super NES. It was probably the first one that ever existed. So it's worth, it's probably worth from a historical perspective, just seeing what that looked like. Sure. All right. Uh, um, but don't, you don't need to spend, cause, because what you see you are not going to see anything in later tracks that is going to be much different at all than what you see in the very first track you play. Other than they're even more frustrating and unnecessarily difficult. Exactly, but there's no like special fun mechanics or anything. There's no it's just it's it's just more of the same but it's it's kind of like versions of the same thing. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Well, I'm just going to mark down that you were cursing in my podcast uh, that I edit. This is a family-friendly podcast. One S-bomb gives us a PG-13 rating, um, and then we get one F-bomb to keep that PG-13 That's not true rating. at all. We're not allowed to swear. All right, we're not going to swear. True or false? I have three trivia questions for you. Ready? A true or false? I got a 50% chance, mm-hmm. unless it's a trick question. Nope. I always give you at least one softball, usually. Half the time, all the time. Uh, true or false? 
F-Zero was the first game ever to use the Super Nintendo Mode 7 scrolling. Um, first ever is a tough... I'm going to say true. Correct. Next question. It was. Which obscure-ish console did not feature an F-Zero branded game or expansion? All right, so which of these did not feature an F-Zero branded game or expansion? A, the Nintendo 64 DD disk drive. B, Super Famicom's satellite-based expansion, Satellaview. C, (laughs) C, Virtual Boy. Or D, the e-reader add-on for Game Boy Advance. So which did not feature any F-Zero branded content i'm gonna say virtual boy because it had so few games i think it had like eight excellent guess yes a game called zero racers was announced but never released and a prototype was shown at e3 in 1996 but yeah you could actually download tracks for the super famicom's satellite-based expansion which was the satellaview which is a weird Japanese thing that I know nothing about that I'm sure the game I fell into Australia guys for can sure exp- they would know yeah, something definitely about explain it. in detail AC probably owns one AC might own one actually yeah yeah uh, yeah and there was an e-reader for the Game Boy Advance that you could play that, that actually came out in the States we we could have gotten e-readers because they were they tried to make um, what kind of cards were they were they it wasn't... Um, they like swipe cards or whatever? Yeah, they weren't Pokemon, I don't think. They they made something... Oh, you know what they did? They had like 8-bit versions of games that you swiped cards of. So you could play like Mario Brothers if you had this card with you and you swiped it through the e-reader. Mm, yeah. And these cards would come in packs of like five. Actually, on a recent episode of Game Life Balance Australia, AC does talk about how he got an e-reader. And recent, he got it recently, I think, and he was trying to... The reason he got it was because either Super Mario Brothers 2 or 3, there was a Super Mario Brothers game that he was playing, and Nintendo released additional levels for that Mario game on the e-reader. As like an e-reader card. Yeah, yeah. So That's interesting. It's kind of cool. Maybe it was Mario World. It was definitely a Mario game. I just don't remember which one. Anyway, um, so yeah, you're good. Two for two. And final question. In the first F-Zero game, Captain Falcon's ship, which is called the Blue Falcon, has the number 111 on it. In F-Zero X and all later titles, it has a different number. It's unclear whether this one's intentional or not because 111, which is in F-Zero, is actually the binary code for that number that became the number for the rest of the series. What number is it? So you've got a built-in hint. 111 is the binary code for that number. Um, three? No. One, it's, it's, I don't know. <laughs> I don't speak binary. <laughs> I, I, I don't either. I'm sure Max will guess in the chat. And the answer is seven. The number is seven. Okay, sweet. Very obscure. So yeah. yeah, Blue Falcon is number seven, but in the original game it was 111, which coincidentally is the binary code. Who knew? Not I. Well, I did because I... Not a, Somebody knew. So, some, in fact, probably there's pl- plenty of people that would have known well, that, I, but just not us. I knew it because I'd have written not it down. Us. I was just opening up some other notes over I here. That, I feel like that doesn't count. Right, that's fine. Well, let's, um, for the first time in a long time, let's talk about life stuff. How are yeah. you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, 
I'm good. It's like summertime now, and uh, I can actually go outside here in the frozen north of Minnesota. There's no more ice on lakes. I, that like literally ended a week ago. Did you? We s- had ice on lakes. We had ice on lakes till like last. week. Did you skip spring like we did in Chicago? We did. We did. In fact, we had the snowiest April on record, which uh, we got a 19-inch blizzard on like April 21st or something like that. Like four weeks ago, three weeks ago, we had a 19-inch a blizzard. It was mm-hmm. amazing. It was really good. So anyway, it's summertime now. That's kind of nice. Um, actually, this past weekend, Max and Will came up, our buddies that play board games with us. We, um, we, were, we had been trying to plan on a weekend I think we originally had it set in February, but obviously that did not work out. And so it kept getting pushed back. Um, I think I talked about Imperial Assault before on this podcast. It's that Star Wars board game that tells like this really long campaign story. One person plays the Imperials. One person, one team plays the Rebels. And it comes with a tablet? So there's a tablet app that I was playing that I can use to play by myself. Got it. Um, but the, I mean, the game is originally and and really played best when you play it with teams of with teams. We've got an imperial team and a rebel team. So um, for Christmas last year, Max got me one of the expansions to it, and we didn't get a chance to play it. We were just playing the base game before we finished up that campaign, and so we started a new campaign with the Battle of Hoth, which is the expansion. Um, and so we started that, and it was really cool. We also played another board game which you have heard of called Gloomhaven. We started playing that and kind of learned the ropes on that, which is also a cool board game. They actually shared quite a bit in common. Mm. Um, so played a couple rounds of that and kind of got our feet wet with that. Um, and it was, it was good. It was a very quick weekend. It lasted briefly, but it was, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. And it was kind of a great prelude to MartinCon, which is a much longer and probably more in-depth weekend. Oh, yes, it will be in-depth. Yeah. So yeah, and if with much more debauchery. Yeah, if you're new to the podcast, we all uh, all of our close friends from childhood congregate in Minneapolis for Martin Con once a year. Is just our nickname for when John has a bunch of us over to play games and drink all weekend. Over Memorial Day. Over yeah, Memorial Day. Good. Yeah. So very much looking forward to that. That weekend, we'll also be playing Kirby Superstar for the first time in yeah. like 20 years. I'm super excited. I I am. I'm like 95% sure that that game holds up. And especially with two-player, like co-op in that game, I think it's going to be awesome, awesomely fun. Especially if all our friends are around drinking, trolling us. Yeah, it'll be super fun. Yeah, so I'm, yeah, I'm considering, we should find maybe some way to stream that, possibly. You have, you've got a device, right? I've got devices. You'd have to to travel with it. That seems like a, seems like a hassle. Actually, although you are I've, you are driving, right? I've got some stuff. We'll talk after. No, I've got my Live Gamer Extreme, a uh, little streaming device, which I've been using to stream. Right. Sometime in the near future, Casey and I will be streaming the first hour of whatever game we play next. By the way, hey, we do have to decide. Um, well, we'll talk after. So that was what was going on in my life. Also, um, it is open knowledge that my wife is pregnant. We are. Is that open? Was that open two, on this yeah, podcast? It was open. Yeah, it was open on this podcast. You said that before. We talked. Yeah, we talked about it like two months ago. I don't think you so, did. Nah, I think we did. No, you did. Pretty sure we did. I'm pretty sure. You anyway, did. my wife is my wife is pregnant. Congratulations! And, uh, thank you. It's we're at like thirty some weeks, so it's we're only two months away from having another kid in this house, which is terrifying in its own respect, but also pretty awesome. I'm pretty excited. Wow. Yep. Yeah, so uh, the rest of the kind of like leading up until then, 
I don't know if it's like this in Chicago. I think stuff is just always happening in Chicago, but in Minnesota, because the weather sucks over the winter, people almost hibernate. Like almost literally hibernate in the winter time. Oh, yeah. There are people that you don't see. You don't see them for six months. And then spring and summer happen and everybody wants to do stuff all the time because that's what you do when you can get out of the house. So the weekends, I mean, it is so common here for the weekends from like the end of April through mid-September are just booked. Like you you have something going on every weekend. And there's there's some really fun stuff to that, but it's also like exhausting. Yeah. Right? Because there's just not, there's just ends up not being that much downtime. Yeah, that was last year for us. This year, I mean, we had so much travel and all these other things planned last year. And this year, it's like nothing. Blank slate. No friends. I mean, yeah, just no. That's very sad. Yeah. No no friends is sad. Uh, Didn't Casey just get back from, was it Argentina? Yeah, she was there for a couple weeks. I survived barely. Um, not playing enough Earthbound in the meantime, but yeah, I know, I'm sure. Yeah, now she got back, and now yeah, we're no, we're just chilling. Um, how how was that trip? I don't know. I didn't go. <laughs> okay, good, good. I'm glad you could speak to it. She's alive. She's fine. Argentina's she made it. safe that's enough good. place. There's a lot of Bitcoin ATMs down there, so that's cool. Um, though speaking for real, like actually, actually, I read some headline somewhere that was like Argentina to install like 10,000 Bitcoin machines. I don't know. It's big in lots of other countries. It's got to be. It's got to be better than their currency, right? I'm thinking of Venezuela. You know, I don't know anything. Than most currencies. I don't know anything about South America. It doesn't matter. Listen. Um, speaking of her. We got a a belated wedding gift that I have to talk about on this podcast because it involves other podcasters. Really? We got a package in the mail, and it was from Australia. No. Do you know something about this? Why do you think I asked you for your address randomly one day? I completely had forgotten. Of course you did, but I did it really obnoxiously in a way that wouldn't make you think that... Yeah, I literally, I, I didn't even think of that until just now. Like, I forgot yeah. that text even happened because you said, hey, what's your address? And I just figured it was... Oh, it's for something dumb, right? Like me putting it in a, like maybe updating my my portfolio. I thought it was... My Rolodex. I was updating my, I my Rolodex. I thought you would be sending like a pregnancy announcement or something. Sure. Yeah. Which no. I don't know. Like, I don't know how these things work. Do you not, do you send a thing like... Because people post on Facebook the whole announcement, right? They're like, look, yeah, having no. a baby. But, but yeah. okay. So anyway, I had no idea what was happening. So anyway, you got a package from Australia. I got this package from Australia. And uh, I got it a few days ago. So it, it, it came and I haven't actually talked to AC about this yet. Because I wanted to like kind of, I don't know, break the news here first in, in case he gets to hear it here first. But um, AC is one of the two hosts of Game Life Balance Australia, our sister show. None of us have ever met in real life, in person. John and I have guests spotted on their episodes before. They've come on our show before. Um, but it's just Robin AC. It's these two guys we've never met that are we're just friends over the internet. And he sent me an NES game. Because it said, like, video game cartridge on the outside because it's customs or whatever. I'm like, what? He sent me a video game. What is this going to be? Dude, he said, do you know what he sent me? Yeah, I saw it. This is absolutely ridiculous. So I will... I will post this as an image with a thumbnail, so just look at the podcast episode. But, like, it is literally... I'm going to hold it up for our YouTube audience. It is a gold NES cartridge that says The Adventures of Cody and Casey, and it has cartoon likenesses of me and my wife uh, next to 
underneath a marquee, a movie marquee that says, Casey, will you marry me? Which is how I Which proposed is, to her. Right. Um, AC commissioned an artist in Sydney to draw this and he he put the label on this and it's an actual zelda cart it's got like nintendo made in japan and all that stuff on it uh and he put the label on and it was just our like our wedding gift from literally across the entire world uh i was pretty excited when i saw it i'm not gonna lie it was pretty (laughs) awesome like we're very sarcastic and cynical on this podcast but like Casey said this a few times. She was like, I'm actually really touched by this. Um, and this, like, this is one of the good things about the internet. For sure. It's not just about like, there aren't, there aren't a lot of, no, there aren't. And it's not just about like getting stuff, you know, it's just about like, like these, these, and there's a really nice note that came with it. And he's like, we'd love for you guys to come to Australia sometimes. And it's just like the fact that, I mean, I'm like, I have, so I have a, a giant, like 10 foot long, uh, world map in my, in my wall. And like, and I can show it to you. I'm for the YouTube audience again, my whole bedroom. It's a giant map, right? Like there's the U S way over in that corner by Pikachu and Adipose. And then like Australia's way over there, like behind a bunch of crap that I have on my, on my bookcase. It's like. They're so far away, but um, we somehow managed to just through emails and uh, silliness on the internet and giving each other crap on Twitter, like make these connections with strangers. And it's I don't know, it's it's cool. And uh, we joke about the Gunna Geek Network being like just this thing we're part of, like a lot. But like, there's a lot of guys on the network that I actually consider inviting to our wedding. I think I actually did invite AC to the wedding sure. as far, but like. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of speechless about it, but I wanted to bring it up and say thank you, like genuinely, and that I like I don't even have anything smarmy to say about it. It's just, uh, yeah, yeah. But, it was it's it's a really cool present. It is awesome. Yeah, no, I, we've got it. Uh, it's displayed on our bookcase, probably next to the two chocobos we had as a wedding cake topper, um, and uh, which I I know you like you looked you took your eyes for a second it was like did I even see that not that many people even saw that but I know it was there I don't think I saw um, it. <laughs> but yeah um so that was awesome so um yeah yeah my fast balance Australia I don't it was unclear whether Rob was a part of it um if he was thank you Rob if not then I hate you uh, and I want my money back but uh, no AC AC he's your stand up guy uh, it was a, it was a cool thing so uh, that is now part of my. NES collection, which is great. Yeah, and it actually plays Zelda. It does play so Zelda. I, he mentioned. Yeah, I was told. I was told that it is a it is a working Legend of Zelda cart. Yeah, he did mention that. So, uh, yeah, that's that's what's been going on uh, going on here. Like I said, Casey Casey was like blown. She's like, that's just the coolest thing. She's like, you know, you've been doing this useless, stupid podcast, with John, wasting my time so much, and you're just slowly killing yourself uh wasting the hours of your life away doing this meaningless terrible thing and then i was like well i got a video game from from australia now and she's like it's all worth it yeah you know it's weird that's (laughs) i've he's he's that's he's sent me nine nine of those so far oh wow Uh, so this is your first one so like i guess congratulations on that yeah my most recent one was for like finishing my laundry oh yeah i got one for that so that was a it's pretty big day for me yeah 
Um, so yeah, I got uh, I got a, a game with a, a special marquee for that too. Yeah. What was the so art? And I wonder. It's exactly what you think it would be for a laundry-based video game. Uh, was it? Is there a laundry-based exactly NES? Exactly what you think it would be. Yeah, it's called Monster in My Pocket. It's uh, it's actually a side scroller where one of the levels you are jumping through laundry. Okay. But that's the art, right? The game itself. Well, no, that's the game that it plays. Oh, okay. It plays Monster in My Pocket. Okay. So the the art is just a laundry basket. It's nothing special. Oh, okay. It's special because he made it for me. Okay. Well, I'll make sure that the next game he sends you is uh, X Men for Sega. Yeah, I don't. I I don't want that game, but I would play that game. <laughs> but I don't want that game. I might have to bring you a copy to Market Con. It's so bad just to make it. And so I have nothing to play it on. I mean, we could emulate it, and you could see just how bad it was. Is it didn't go anywhere. That's, it's a bad. It's a bad game. That's fine. That's fine. Um, anyway, AC, you're awesome. Yeah. No. It, you, Seriously. Good, yeah. It's, it was a really awesome. It's game. cool. So hopefully I'll make it to uh, Australia someday or Japan or something. And now I have to think of something cool to send send him as a thank you because you can't just like send a thank you card, right? It's got to have like I don't know. You're the drug lord. What anthrax or what? No, that's you. Sh- <laughs> if you want to send something nice, that's not what you said. Oh, that's not what you said. You should send a thank you specially made Nintendo game. It should be X-Men for the Sega Genesis. That's what you should send him. That should be your that should be your thank you. Yeah, no, if it was if it was something deadly, it would still be the least deadly thing in Australia. So I Yeah, that's actually true. Can't even think of anything anyway. Uh but uh <clears throat> So anyway, you you got that, but that's not what's been going on in your life. That's well, just that's, that's, that that happened to you. Pretty, pretty much, pretty much most of it. Uh, I do want to know. Did you see Infinity War? I haven't seen it yet. I want to see it. My wife doesn't, and so like, <laughs> it's you know when we have when we have like free time on the weekends. If we were ever without Max, I like we'd want to hang out and do something we both want to do. So yeah, that's fair. You know, like I, it's gonna be, it's gonna have to be one of those things where I just like go on a weeknight some night by myself, which I'm totally willing to do because I really want to see it. Yeah, um, it was, but I have not seen. Here's it. my review: better it. than X Men Apocalypse. That's the bar is so low. You set the bar so <laughs> yeah. low. Yeah, pretty low. Um, that's fine. No, the, uh, what else has been going on in my life? So, uh, if uh, you've ever heard of my day job podcast, the Curiosity Podcast, um, that's great. Thanks for checking it out. Uh, rate and review. So I've been doing this weekly professional podcast for the last year, and now it is a daily professional podcast. It's where you've been doing interviews, right? Yeah. It's been... Yeah, you've been doing a bunch of interviews. We talked about Jordy LaForge interview last week, which was amazing. Uh, thank, uh, thank you. Thanks again for plugging still, that. That was really nice. And you're still and you're still doing more kind of professional interviews, right? There, I mean, we're going to release a couple more, but after Memorial Day... We are just going to do these daily episodes. Okay, so we are tra- we've transitioned. You've transitioned. I am transitioning hard. <laughs> Congratulations uh, to a daily podcast. Thank you. Yeah, it's very different. Um, the podcasting landscape is changing, basically. So how? Because uh, the episodes that you used to release were what, like about fifty minutes, forty anywhere somewhere between like forty-five minutes to fifty minutes ish. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm doing a daily episode that's between six and eight minutes. Okay. So aggregately, it'll be about forty minutes a week, but spread over five days. So, um, what's the what's the uh, the the workload look like when you do that as a daily podcast? Because you used to prep for your your podcast kind of like all week, right? Like there used to be 
Yeah, it's uh, it's very different. Um, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it, and and I loved those weekly episodes. And I loved interviewing people, and I loved the opportunity to talk to lots of smart people. But um, anytime you get the opportunity to do something new, it it feels nice. It's it, sure. it's refreshing, you know. I'm not just stuck doing like an interview every week for the next, you know, rest of my life or whatever. So it, it's a yeah, refreshing sure. change. Um, but basically we just, we just thought, you know, we looked at curiosity and if, if you've ever visited curiosity.com, the whole thing is basically learn a few new things every day, subscribe, open our app, whatever. Every morning got five new stories. They're short. They're easy to read. You can skip them if you don't, if you don't, if you're not interested in one and, uh, and then you go about your day and it was like, you know, that that's very different than saying, hey, listen to a 40-minute podcast once a week. So sure. instead, it's like, hey, listen, if you are on the go or you're really busy or you love listening to stuff or you have an Amazon Echo and you want to say, Alexa, play my flash briefing, now you can do that and you can add curiosity. And then every morning, it's like, hey, here's like three of our favorite stories from today. Ashley, my co-host, and I talk about it for a couple minutes, and then you go about your day. You've learned something. It's pretty cool. And so far, people really, really like it, which is very encouraging. I've gotten more emails about the daily podcast in the last two weeks since launching it than I have probably in the last nine months of the podcast. Oh, for the whole podcast. For the so whole that's time. great. Yeah. So a lot of feedback. Um, and yeah, it's it's cool and successful and um, very strongly encourage you to check it out if you have an Amazon Echo. We're on the Flash Briefing. We have a Curiosity skilled there or whatever so uh yeah or you can subscribe or whatever and it's like i said it's six to eight minutes a day and uh we'll see where that goes D- is it called something differently now if i wanted to search for it in like a podcast app it's still under a curiosity so it's, it's like so weird so i don't did the, like did the rss feed change to where i'm gonna have to update it's the same rss feed so it, it's very interesting because we we decided we were going to experiment it with it but not start from zero because that's not fun and so we just started putting these daily episodes in our regular feed with the weeklies. So right now it's like kind of cluttered and weird. But like I said, after two weeks from now, it'll just be daily episodes. But it's all it's all under Curiosity Podcast. And we're still working out branding and stuff. But uh, it, it's very different. And um, partially, I, I do want to say for our audience, which is very important because this is our app show, um, that's part of why like the scheduling's been a little off with John and me. We haven't exactly been the diligent two weeks like Game of Thrones mm-hmm. Australia is very consistent. Um, I've let the ball drop a couple times uh, or something will come up last minute or whatever, but uh, workload should even out and we should be a little more consistent just in time for summer to hit and then everything to go to hell again. But uh, uh, Yeah, summer traditionally have been bad for us. We'll see though. I'm... I'm in. I'm going to be in a lot more this summer, um, just by virtue of the fact that I'm going to have another baby here. Yeah, so, yeah. Same and same I'll here. At least because I'm not having a baby. Because you're not having a baby here. But I'll be in more because you're having a baby. Right. That's what I'm saying. Right. Well, good. Well, good for you. That's awesome. Um, thanks. That's, yeah. It's it's more of kind of like an announcement and like a. Here's why I'm. I mean, at least it sounds awesome. It sounds awesome in that you you are excited about it, or at least you sound excited about it. So you're doing a good job of faking it if you're not. <laughs> Fake it till you make it, right? Uh, no, no, it's, yeah. it's cool. It, I, I will say, because you asked about the workload, and like legit, it is it is a ton of work. Um, just to, to... Yeah, I would think so, to make sure that everything is prepped and ready to go, because you have to you have to have it recorded and edited by the next day, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm batching them, so like tomorrow we're going to record probably five or something, but uh, it. it's it's... 
it's uh it's it's pretty crazy um i will say the funniest thing that happened was uh i misspoke and i said do you know about the drake equation part of the fermi paradox is that the one where you play around a Fortnite with ninja on twitch and make that game blow up yeah but if you have your claws out and you attack an enemy and it takes damage then you lose your mutant powers now, see, you don't know the story I'm referencing because, I don't know, you don't pay attention to video game news like I do. Is this Nathan Drake? The, the true gamer. No, the rapper Drake. I'm not kidding. It was, it was, it was a whole thing. Isn't he anyway, the one that likes Trump? Anyway, the Drake equation, part of the Fermi paradox. <laughs> Let's talk about Kanye. Uh, Fermi paradox is the paradox that, like, statistically there's or not statistically there's probably a zillion aliens so why haven't we con- contacted any that's the paradox that's actually not the paradox yeah it is no it's not that there's no it's listen we don't need to talk that is not the fermi paradox well we won't talk what about do you it think here. the fermi paradox is it's not that there's a zillion aliens around <laughs> okay that's not that's not that it has it has nothing to do with the number of other alien species around because we don't even know where we fall inside the fermi right, paradox fine. the fermi paradox is Right. If there, we don't even know where we. If there is a. All right. The, the universe is so huge. There's probably other life, right? Or is there? Isn't it weird that in such a big universe, there's no other life? Or if there is life, why hasn't it contacted us? It's something roughly that ish, right? Kind kind of. All right. Yeah. You know what? It's mostly. It mostly is about the great filter more than anything else, right? Like that's. Anyway, you're talking about the Drake equation. What is this Drake? The equation? Fermi paradox is the apparent contradiction between the lack of evidence and high probability estimates for the existence of extraterrestrial civilizations. Is that not what I said? No, you said there are zillions of aliens all around. But, okay. High probability estimates for the existence of extraterrestrial... Okay, that's fine. All right, I mean, you're, look at, you're, you're like reading a Wikipedia entry, right? Like, that's, that's not what it's about. It's not, it's not about that there's a bunch of aliens everywhere. I know. I Her, misspoke. The, yeah. Yeah, okay. Anyway. Which is funny because this story is about him misspeaking. The Nathan Drake equation. The Nathan Drake equation is part of the Fermi Fermi paradox. And this guy, uh, Frank Drake, is an astronomer, I think. He's a scientist that that basically, like, calculated kind of how many aliens there, there probably are. Okay. Am I right? I don't know. That sounds impossible to do because we haven't seen any. So the equation was formulated by Frank Drake in 1961, and blah blah blah. All right, whatever. Um, and finding the length of time. Okay, whatever. It, yeah, the Drake equation has something to do with the Fermi paradox. He like calculated yeah, sure. some numbers based on like yep. how what aliens were there. Anyway, I misspoke in this podcast and I said Francis Drake instead of Frank Drake. Do you know who Frank? He was an explorer, right? <laughs> yes, he was the explorer. So. So we, we issued a correction like the following week because a listener was like, dude, it's not Francis Drake. That was like a sailor from 500 years ago. Okay, fair. So we're like, yeah, sorry about that. Didn't mean to like mention a pirate. So we get this two-page email from another listener because I called Francis Drake a, uh, a slave trader and a pirate, which technically historical records show some many claim that he was a slave trader or at least went on some slave trading voyages and the spanish labeled him a pirate even though he was a privateer for 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 the british privateers were, yeah privateers were different yeah so They're mercenaries right this this person like eviscerates me for for i guess slandering 
Sir Francis Drake, uh, who's not a pirate. And I think we're just going to read the whole email straight up on another app on a future episode because it, it was so funny. And I'm like, how bad should I feel about this? And I, Remember when like 10 minutes ago we talked about that part of the internet that's really good? Because <laughs> like you just talked about the rest of the internet. That was the rest of the internet yeah. that you got sent. Yeah, there's that. Uh, well, anyway, you can learn something new every day unless it's about Frank Drake and pirates. Um, Sir Francis Drake has got to be rolling in his grave right now. I, Of course he is. He has to be. Under the sea. He has to be. Um, under the sea. Down where it's wetter and better. It's really both of those things. Um, oh, and also one other quick plug. Angry Video Game Nerd literally copied our Earthbound review like a week after we did it. Yeah, what a jerk. Did you see it? I haven't watched it yet. It's on my like queue of list uh, of of uh, things to watch. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, he com- he complains about everything I complain about and like lauds everything you were into. So, well, that works out. Then. It was then we're both. It right. was weird to. I God, I wish you had watched it like two days after we recorded because it was weird to watch. Anyway, doesn't matter. It'll still be weird to watch. I remember how I feel and what I said about that game. Yeah, that's, so. that's true. But you don't remember what I say because you never listened to me. That's true. Yeah, I actually don't even remember recording with you. Yeah. Well, all right then. All right. Do you want to say what's coming up on the Gunna Geek Network? Yeah, Gunna Geek Network. There's a couple of things. I think with Infinity, there's got to be something about Infinity War on here. Shouldn't we read? Because it's such a big deal. We might be late on it because it came out a couple weeks ago, and they're probably all over it. That's true. Well, here's another one that's a little bit relevant to us. We can talk about all things good and nerdy. Uh, one of our podcasts. We didn't talk about the. The Good and Geek Network. Good and Geek Network is a network of geeky podcasts that we belong to. Uh, Game Life Bounce Australia also belongs to it. There's a ton of different shows on there, so check that out. Um, here's one example of one of those shows, All Things Good and Nerdy, episode 310, The Soundboard Challenge. Allergy season is kicking Naki's butt, so she can't make it this Boo. week. But have no fear, the gentlemen of ATGN are still here. This week, Willie continues his review of God of War 4. Mm. Chris talks about a recut season of Arrested Development for, and Anthony has all the details on upcoming, all the details on the upcoming DC Universe streaming service. All that and Avengers Infinity War spoilers. Right. First of all, there are no gentlemen on ATGN. I've been on that show and I can vouch for that. Yeah, I've watched that show. I agree with you. Have you God of War Ford? Aren't you a God of War fan? I haven't, but I am a God of War fan, but our PS4 is not in a place where I can really play it. It's our, it's our, desktop box in the living room right it's like what we're using to stream netflix and all that kind of stuff oh got it so it's not really in a place for me to for me to use it all right i'm excited about that recut of arrested development season four because casey won't watch it because she insists it can't be as good as the first three it's not it's not i mean i didn't think it was no definitely not but are you excited about season five because i kind of am i am because you know that they're going to go back to like what made the show good and I like this idea of a recut season four because listener, if you don't know anything about Arrested Development, um, when they filmed the fourth season, they kind of filmed it all over the place and haphazardly when they could get the actors in. And so all of the, the episodes are kind of like a wheel and spoke idea where they're all happening at kind of like the same time. It's, it's a weird, it's like a weird thing. There's like not a lot of continuity to it. Yeah. So, so they're going to recut it to make it a continuous story. Who knows if that's going to turn out? It probably won't. But it's a lead up to season five, which I bet is going to be awesome. Wait, the the producers are recutting it? It's not like a fan recut? 
It, no, they. I, from what I understand, they're releasing a recut on Netflix. Oh, holy crap. Oh, that's huge. Yeah. All no, right. it's going to be like an official one. Okay, I'm really down for it now. Wow. Yeah, if I remember what I read correctly. Um, DC... I could, I could, listen, I could be making that up. We do that all the time. Yeah, that's true. We really do. Um, also coming up on, or just having come up, or sometime on Game Life Balance Australia, episode 58, A Waterbed Full of Wii, is VR the gaming of future? I read that wrong. Is VR the future of gaming? Or just a fun little experience akin to a showground attraction? This week, AC and Rob deftly maneuver to answer neither of these important questions as they review the PlayStation VR. Also, in this frankly riveting episode, God, they're so cheeky. <laughs> Even their promo copy. Yeah, of course. Of course, so promo dick. I love it. Um, yeah. Also, in this frankly riveting episode, Rob has been watching Star Wars instead of playing video games. Why? While AC has been playing video games instead of watching Star Wars, may the third be with you. God, I love those guys. Star Wars, Star Wars rules. That's why. Do you, are you going to see Solo, a pointless yeah. story? Yeah, I'll see Solo. Hey, I, look, uh, the, like the side stories so far, I feel like have been good. But I don't know. What do I know? Yeah, nothing. Um, one other quick um, thing before you do the closing deal. I thought Rogue One was really good. In fact, it's one of my. Well, it's it's it was it's good. like on the top. It's probably in my top five Star Wars movies. It it might even be top three. It, I, yeah. I've watched it multiple times. It's, I like it a lot. No, Rogue One. No, Rogue One's fine. Yeah, yeah. I've watched all of Rest of Development at least four times. Um, quick update. I am level seventy in Final Fantasy fourteen. Oh, that's like the end of the game. You won. I have finished the main story content in Stormblood, the second expansion. So you're like you you're like literally caught up? I am literally well, no, there are still some main story quests because they released a patch. Right. While I was catching but, up. But just like the main story that they originally told with the expansion, you're done yes, with. Yes, I am a max level in a massively multiplayer online RPG for the first time in my life. Wow. It took me 505 hours. You should be proud of that. I feel awesome. Yeah, you should. And I still That's love a, that game so much. That is, an, that is an accomplishment. That's good. I'll tell you what else I've been watching before we conclude this episode. I started watching The Office. I've never watched that show before. Uh, the, not the British one. The English one. Right. American, you mean. Sure. English is British. English is right. Sorry, I I misspoke there. Uh, right, the American uh, Office, and that show, I am sad. That, I am sad that I waited this long to watch that show. Yeah, it is phenomenal, and I didn't realize just how many like comedy writers had their hands in it, and how many big actors are in it, and big actors like got their start in the show. It's pretty incredible yeah it's pretty incredible and it's really funny good i'm glad you're really digging funny. it you're gonna be able to binge that when uh when you have a kid well i can binge i can binge that because the, uh, the episodes are like 20 minutes long so it's the kind of thing where i'll literally just like like lay in bed and watch an episode before i fall asleep yeah yeah well hey you think you're behind we're watching the original star trek we're on yeah, season I three remember you saying that we're on season three the goal it do you know what a goal is there's an actual date so you know uh the second Sunday in January, or the second, not January, second Sunday in June, I'm bringing Casey with a couple of our friends to WWE Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. 
So Brad, who's going with us, has insisted and freaked out online when I told him we're watching Star Trek because he said Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, is the worst movie he's ever seen. And he said, probably jokingly, in like November, I will literally drive to Chicago to watch that movie with you because I hate it so much. Um, so the goal is for us to finish season three and get to the movies right during that weekend and then see if he and Will want to come in like Saturday and do a Star Trek movie marathon and then go to a wrestling the event. Only thing, the only thing that could make it better is if you went to that wrestling event dressed up as Star Trek characters. <laughs> Dude. That... As like a because fo- you're gonna be like a foursome, right? Yeah. Like it's like the pr- it's like the perfect amount for an away team. I feel like I feel like you could totally pull that off. We might do that. I feel like you could totally pull that's, that off. That's that's a really good suggestion. So much more to update y'all on, uh, but we gotta figure out what game we're playing next time. Oh yeah, that's right. Do you have a die? Do I need to get one? I have a coin because only two yeah, games were nominated. Oh well, then that's an easy one for us to do, right? One of the games, actually, I think both nominated by. No, Ryan Dombrowski, our good friend and uh, video game developer. You can follow him on Twitter, Dombrowski. Uh, it's like R underscore Dombrowski. Just search Dombrowski. It doesn't matter. Um, he suggested Donkey Kong Country. Then another listener, something McCoy, uh, suggested Donkey Kong Country or Super Punch-Out. So we are between Donkey Kong Country and Super Punch-Out. I have the coin from Hearthstone. It has a one on one side and a... Uh, six-sided shape on the other uh which do you want donkey kong country or punch out to be one Uh, one is not the face of a coin but i guess if i have to pick i'll pick donkey kong country because it was the first donkey kong country ah good call by the way by the way donkey kong country has been nominated i feel like eight times why does everybody want us to play that game it's not even that good of a game Uh, we'll see about that we'll see about that I don't think that that's a, I don't think that that's a terribly like unpopular opinion. I, it's 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 okay. All it's, right, I'm gonna point the game in my crotch as slowly as possible. Anyway, this is really one great. is Donkey Kong Country. It's it's not a two. What's the other side? Uh, it's, it's the a umbrella. The umbrella core. The umbrella. The umbrella core. All right. right, you ready? Yep, I'm ready. Oh, that was really embarrassing. That was bad. awesome. All well right, done. Hang on. Right, Here we right go. in the crotch. I don't remember how to. I caught it, and then I did that, and it is. A, it's not a, Donkey Kong Country. It's not. It's, Donkey not, Kong it's Country. never going to be one. Donkey Kong Country. <laughs> it really, we really have. Uh, so, Super Punch Out. Yeah, the best puzzle game that there ever was. It's not a puzzle game. It's a puzzle game. We'll talk about it. We will talk about it. Uh, so, next time on Game Life Balance US, hopefully in two weeks or just over. Uh, right. Yeah, Super Punch Out. I haven't played it in a long time. Have you? No, I think I beat it when I bought it from I defini- Carl. Or I definitely something. have have beaten it before. I've, okay, yeah. I, I never owned it, but I don't have a lot of memories. I may. I'm not streaming games with Casey if I have like no nostalgia, so I probably yeah. won't stream it with her. But I will there stream was, Final Fantasy VI soon. There was uh, somebody that we knew in high school named Carl, Carl. who had an affinity for super punch out and i believe he could beat the first half of it maybe Mm -hmm. blindfolded yeah which is incredible i remember that because it's a puzzle game yeah that's why yeah we'll talk about it all right Uh, i'm done yeah no i'm done too i've got nothing else in fact i would like to get away from you you were gonna do that thing
You do. Oh, I got to do the thing. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Game Life Balance US podcast, the American edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. If you had fun, then please tell one. Fr- when did you? When did this- <laughs> <laughs> then please. T- you just thought you were going to coast straight through this. Yeah. Oh, well, it's, it's so it's, it's in caps. It's in caps. So like, I feel like, like I need to emphasize subscribe. it. Please All right, here we go. If you had fun, then please tell one friend And you had fun, podcast. didn't you? And that's all we ask. You can learn more about Game Life Balance, including our sister show in Australia at GameLifeBalance.us, or check out Game Life Balance and lots of other geeky shows on the Gunna Geek Network at GunnaGeek.com. I like that a lot better. Uh, I'm glad that I wrote it. That's how this works. Wow, I just hit puberty. Puberty. Puberty.